is the Hustler Sports 30 podcast with Justin Hershey, Sam Curtis, and Andrew Wilf. This week, the hosts discuss a busy weekend of athletics on West End and dive into volleyball being added to Vanderbilt's portfolio of varsity sports. Welcome into another edition of the Hustler Sports 30 podcast. Our episodes are waning, but we had a really busy week here on West End, and we're excited to break it down. As always, Justin Hershey, Sam Curtis, and Andrew Wolf with you. And we had, I mean, numerous sports running this weekend. We had Vandy United announcements. We had a new sport announcement. We had basketball players turning pro. It was uh, it was a chaotic weekend and a chaotic last couple days here uh, here on campus. Yeah, super exciting to see not only some NIL, some some and a new sport come in as well as some good results from bowling and baseball. Just a generally exciting week for Vandy Athletics. Definitely, and I, I can't remember the last time Vanderbilt just said, "Oh, we're going to add a new sport." Maybe I think the mo- the most recent swimming, I think, right? Swimming in was like it, yeah, yeah, 2007, I think it was reinstated. Yep. And and I think this is one of the big moves of Candace Story Lee's Tenure. I, yeah. You think about the Vandy United, but I kind of put these together, and this is going to be a part of the new Vanderbilt. Uh, they're going to start play, I think, in 2025 or start operations. But what's nice about volleyball is I don't think you need to do a ton. Like, uh, you don't need to build a new field or a right. new court. You can just put it maybe at Memorial Gymnasium, and it's going to be really good for recruits, and there's really no negative. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where they're they're moving it, and it makes a ton of sense not only with the size of the team, but also with basically every Power Five. I think we're one of two programs who don't have it right now, and, and every other team in the SEC does. So it was pretty primed, and honestly, you kind of looking back, we're scratching your head as to why we didn't have one. Um, but irregardless, I'm I'm happy that we've added this sport. Yeah, it's exciting, and Sam, you mentioned it, but one of two Power Five te- uh, schools to not have volleyball the only SEC school to not have volleyball. So it's obviously a no-brainer. And I want to tie it back to what you were talking about, Andrew. I think what makes this all possible, and this is what Candace told media yesterday, is the fact that Vanderbilt basketball operations is moving out of Memorial Gymnasium. And so the volleyball team will not only be able to play in the gym, but they'll be able to now occupy those offices and those spaces that typically have gone to women's and men's basketball that are now going to go in this state-of-the-art basketball operations center, which we obviously also got an update on um, this this week, and that's hopefully completed by the fall 2024 football season, construction to begin this fall. So I think Vandy United makes this all possible. And I don't think this is the last sport that's going to be added. I think maybe in the next few years it could be softball because Vanderbilt's the only SEC school without a softball team. And then we think about the new basketball plan. If you look at the floor plans, I think there's – Three, three stories with uh, four stories, two courts. courts. Yeah. Yep. And think about the amount of recruits that are going to want to come in. It, it's going to be very exciting. And 
you think about Vanderbilt having a really strong class this year, just imagine what's going to happen when the equipments are up or the uh, facilities are upgraded. Yeah, I definitely think this is a big um, pitch point to recruits. It's starting to all become real before you kind of had these announcements. You could say, well, we're, you know, putting a lot of investments, but to have a floor plan, have a video of what these guys can expect, even start these recruits now, it's starting to be like not only are we transforming to this, but it's going to be during your time because, you know, in past times we could say, oh, this is happening in the next five, 10 years, but now you have a timeline for it. You say maybe you have a year in Memorial, but you're going to be playing in this gym. You're going to be able to practice here and you're going to be part of something that's completely new. It's a lot easier to get recruits with those kind of announcements and especially stuff like the NBC NIL partnership um, recruits, especially major ones who could be, or, or even like the, the, you know, B tier who could be trying to get local, um, local partnerships are going to be really enticed by that because I think we're one of three schools who are actually doing this pairing with NBC for, for NIL deals. Yeah. And I think I would argue Vanderbilt's been a little bit behind the curve NIL wise for this entire year, not a ton from McGugan center on NIL, but this is going to be a great opportunity. NBC sports, obviously a really marketable brand and looks like they're going to partner with Vanderbilt student athletes, Notre Dame student athletes, um, and temple student athletes to, uh, kind of, partner with them to partner with local businesses and create content from it. So that'll be really cool to watch. And I think it's a big recruiting pitch, but I think also Sam, you make a great point that look, these freshmen incoming basketball recruits, if they still stay till their junior year, they're likely going to see this facility right. and they yeah. could spend two years in this state of the art facility that by all accounts, from what Candace has said, from what, you know, I've seen online, from what I've seen Googling other teams, uh, you know, practice facilities, this is going to be a top three facility basketball wise in the SEC. And that's a that's a crazy that's a crazy thing to think about on this campus. Yeah. In any sale, you know, you're selling yourself to these recruits. You have to know what your pitch is and you have to have certain talking points. And for Vanderbilt, you have to know that it's one, at, you know, us in the SEC, like, you know, that's that's what separates us from other power five schools. And then within the SEC being the only, you know, strong academic school and being in Nashville, especially with the NIL deals is super, super crucial. And so pushing those points and creating this partnership with NBC and creating and, and showing uh, your devotion to creating good sports teams is just so crucial to being, you know, stepping into the future of Vanderbilt football, of Vanderbilt basketball, and I guess of Vanderbilt volleyball too. Going off of that, these upgrades are not, kind of show that Vanderbilt isn't in the SEC just to boost the overall GPA. They're yeah. there for actual competition. And once you have these new facilities, you're going to see Vanderbilt not only competing, but maybe running the SEC in in basketball to an extent. And we haven't seen that Hopefully. In, in so long. Obviously, we're thinking, we'll talk about later with uh, the offense looking a lot different without Scottie Pippen Jr. And things are going to change. But only more recruits are going to come after these upgrades, and that's really exciting. Yeah, I think it's, look, it's just more positive momentum. And for a while, we've talked about positive momentum with this program, especially under Candace Lee and even under Malcolm Turner before you guys were even on campus. But I think this is more signs that things are getting more tangible, right? They're going to hire a volleyball coach this fall. They're going to start recruiting for volleyball this fall. And that's a new sport. They're going to build this building and it's hopefully going to be done before the 2024 football season. That's a lot of tangible stuff. And I know Vanderbilt fans and they have for years and they have a right to do so. will say, you know, once I see shovels in the ground, I'll start believing this. But 
this is happening and I have all the confidence in the world in Candace Story Lee right now. And she spoke really candidly and really, um, how do I put this? I don't know. She was really stern yesterday about saying that the narrative that we don't have uh, support from across the street in, in, in um, Kirkland Hall is simply not true. And she, her goal is to elevate this department to length, to heights it's never been at. And so I think this is just a really important part of that. Yeah. I mean, you said it. I'm, I'm, I've seen some great moves under Candace Story Lee, and we've started to see a lot of those moves pay off um, with the hire of Shea Ralph and yeah. support of Jerry Stackhouse and, and obviously the hire of, you know, Coach Lee and, uh, and support of um, Corbs. So I'm, I'm happy of the way that uh, the administration of athletics is going, and, and now you hope to see even more on-field results than we've seen already. And volleyball just seems cool. Like, yeah. I, I yeah, don't know. Totally. Oh, in high school, man, how, like, that's one of the best atmospheres, being in like, a, packed, a packed gym with tons of noise. I don't, I don't know how, how if your high school's had that or if that was a big experience, but that, my high school won like, a couple of uh, league championships and stuff like that, and those games were just fun. They were just fun to be around. I didn't have volleyball at my school, and one of the biggest things that struck me here athletically when I got here was how many people, like classmates of mine, liked playing volleyball and right. would go. There's a court like on Commons, a beach court. I don't know if it's even still there, but people would go out there and play. People would go over to Centennial and play at those courts. Like people really enjoy that, and there's a really active club team. So I think it's I think it's going to catch on. And it's it's way more than the recreational game that w- that we think of. Like oh, you're just at the beach. Like let's play volleyball. It it requires a lot of athleticism, and you see a lot of. Uh, I, I knew a lot of people in high school that were very tall and athletic. Their volleyball game really transformed well onto the basketball court. So maybe if we see a dual athlete, we could see a women's basketball oh, player that'd and be uh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. a women's volleyball player. It's just it's just overall really great great time to be at West End. I think if we were to put it in a box from August to now, this could have been the most eventful year athletically for Vanderbilt. I mean, if you think about... Sarah Fuller the year before, but since then we have Vanda United. Even even this spring, Vanda United, the NIT move, and now this. There's been so much going on. And then baseball, obviously, there was a, a huge win streak. There's always something going on at Vanderbilt. And I think you got to give a, a huge testament to what the athletic department is, is trying to, to bring with Vanda United. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, along these same lines, uh, I want to move on. But yeah, exciting stuff. Excited about volleyball. Excited about kind of these Vandy United movements. And everything's beginning to get a little more tangible. I watched the sit-down Candace Lee had with one of the head architects on this project. Uh, you can check that out on the website and on YouTube. Really interesting stuff. Really thoughtful um, design features and things like that. So exciting around all that. Vanderbilt men's basketball had quite the week. And we got to begin with Scotty Pippen Jr. Because... Um, Scotty's career on West End is over. He's headed to the NBA. Got had some people comment on Twitter uh, about a few things about maybe maintaining his eligibility, about how signing with an agent doesn't necessarily mean you're gone. Pippen is going to sign with an agent that is ineligible to return to college. Makes him ineligible to return to college. Certain agents do. And uh, last year, he specifically mentioned in his announcement that he was maintaining his co- college eligibility. He did not do that this year. I don't think any of us are surprised. I think the last couple of weeks, it seemed like maybe there was a little momentum towards, oh, why doesn't he come back, you know, break the program scoring record, et cetera. But I don't think there's much more that Scotty can prove in terms of what his role is right now on this Vanderbilt team or was on this Vanderbilt team. I'm not sure there's much more he can prove, and uh, I don't think we're we're too surprised. 
No. Uh, I think his legacy at Vanderbilt is obviously very strong, not only in the record books, but um, for revitalizing a program that uh, was not having and didn't have a ton of success even throughout his time. Um, but that NIT run, despite ending falling short, was a, a real a breath of fresh air and I think will live on in a lot of these Vanderbilt students. It'll be interesting to see how he fares in the NBA because I think a lot of people, you know, my friends from other schools talk about, you know, who's the best Vanderbilt basketball player and all they, all they mention is uh, Garland. And he honestly, you know, he didn't not, you know, he didn't play much for this program, yeah. but still people talk about who is the best, best Vanderbilt player to come through here. And they're, you know, thrown around his name. And I think it's just a lot because he's in the news. I mean, clearly has thrived in the NBA and is having a great year this year. So We'll see what Scotty does and see how much that really impacts how he's talked about on campus, you know, four years from now when the the freshman class have graduated. And I think Scotty, th this season, scouts saw what they want to see. Scotty really reached his potential. I think when we looked at his fresh at his freshman year tape and his sophomore year tape, it was a lot of raw athleticism and a lot of raw skill, but it was never like a full game. Where, where someone said, wow, he, he could be on an NBA roster. But there were a lot of games this season where he, he played really disciplined and he played within himself. I know there were some times where he, he would force a few shots, but maybe everyone would do that if you're the best player on a team and maybe you're down eight to Florida but or something like that. Uh, but, but going back to Scotty, he, he really showed what he needed to show to have his best chance at the NBA. I think best-case scenarios, if, if he were to come back to Vanderbilt, he would have a similar season to last season. You're playing a, a similar type of opponents, and he, he he wants to play at the next level. I don't, I think he does care about Vanderbilt, but his his main priority is is doing what's best for his resume. I mean, for Vanderbilt, obviously, it would be great scoring wise and whatnot. But I think it, it's it's a it's a good time to go because Scotty's really young and he he learned a lot under Stackhouse. I I've never really seen someone grow as a guard as much as he did. From freshman year now, I, if you were to ask me three years ago, is Scotty ever going to have a chance of playing even abroad or in a G League in the NBA? I would say no shot, but he, he really developed, and I think he, he's ready. I agree with you. I don't think I would have thought that when he first got to campus. I mean, he was smaller, obviously. He did a lot on his body, but more importantly, he grew up in terms of knowing how to play the game, and he's crafty. Um, he's got a quick first step. He can shoot it. I know he's capable of it, but... What I keep coming back to here is that I don't think another year of doing what he's done the last two years would really move the needle much. Right. I think he's shown what he can do. He's not going to be a go-to guy in the NBA. I think everyone knows that. But he's now got to figure out how does he transform himself from that go-to guy to a really valuable bench guard who can come in, hit some threes, play some tough defense, play smart, not turn the ball over. That's what he's going to be looking for in this draft process and in this um, kind of in the youth of his uh, NBA career. I don't expect him to be drafted. I really don't. Um, maybe late second round, but I think more likely than not, he'll end up uh, with a G League contract um, somewhere after the draft. And I think, look, we've seen guys move up the ranks from that. Jerry Stackhouse knows best. I mean, he was a G League coach and saw guys like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam move up the ranks and into the NBA and become stars for that matter. So He'll have good support in his corner, obviously, with his dad and with Stack. And, um, you know, hats off to Scotty for a fantastic career and really transforming the trajectory of this program moving forward. 
And speaking of the program moving forward, Vanderbilt filled its final two scholarships as of now. You never know about a late transfer, but right now Vanderbilt is fully scholarshiped up um, and they picked up Ezra Mannion out of the transfer portal. Uh, Mannion, I think is how you say it, out of the transfer portal. He's a 5'11 guard from UC Davis. Um, all Big West this past year. Averaged 15 points on 43% shooting. And he's got two seasons of eligibility left. Technically a um, an academic senior this year. But guys, I really like this kid. Uh, I didn't watch him a ton in the regular season. I'd heard his name before. UC Davis dealt with some COVID issues. I think both of the last two years. So he only played 24 games, I believe, this past year. But watching some tape on him, he really creates something out of nothing. Uh, He's really, um, he's small, but he's quick. He's athletic. He finishes well at the rim. And we've seen a lot of small guards really succeed in the SEC. What are are your first impressions of Ezra Magnon? Yeah, I mean, everything changes when you go into a new system and, and stack clearly like, you know, he's seen something and, um, I think having with the recruits we have coming in some uh, some wisdom and you know a little bit of age uh, is definitely not a bad thing to have. Um, like you said, I think you have to be. It'll be interesting of the kind of lineups you can play with another five eleven guard if you want to, you know, depending on what you're doing with uh, Trey Thomas. Mm-hmm. But um, but like you said, some exciting stuff, and we'll see how he steps into the SEC. That's obviously a huge transition from. Um, from the Big West, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he, how how he fares. Yeah, I, I still I still expect the starting guard to be a Tyron Lawrence, but I could see Manuel doing a lot of great things. We think about small guards, like you said, with Trey, but also think about Noah Shelby. It just it just adds more skill to the backcourt, and we there hasn't been really like a speedy type of guy on Vanderbilt that can really play solid defense. That's been what's plagued them because. With all due respect to Trey Thomas, he was a defensive liability. Great shooter, but defensive liability. I think Ezra Manion can play really well uh, down the stretch, and I could see him as like a kind of sixth, seventh man, um, maybe taking taking some reps for Lawrence and Noah Shelby down the down the stretch. Yeah, I think he starts personally, guys. Really? I, I think absolutely he starts, no doubt about it. Um, he'll start alongside either. Lawrence or Shelby. I agree that those are the three guys who will compete for the starting backcourt. And I think what you like about Magnon is has tons of in-game experience, can score on his own. He had a 29% usage percentage last year, which that's pretty comparable to Scottie Pippen Jr.'s. No one, uh, hardly anyone had a higher usage percentage than Scottie Pippen's last year was 34.6. So he's right up there, top 100 users in the country as far as how often the ball's in his hands, and I really think he'll get the ball in his hands early. If I had to predict a starting lineup, I'd say he starts alongside Tyron Lawrence because Lawrence gives you some defensive length, and I do think Lawrence is maybe the key to this Vanderbilt team in terms of if he can take a big step forward, especially shooting the ball. But I like Magnon a lot. I think he, he had a really cool buzzer, Peter, this past year. I think he plays well down the stretch, creates off the dribble better than... Better than Scotty did on his own. Uh, Scotty could really get to the rack, but I think this kid can really find his own shots. I think the one big concern that I've seen, I've seen two big concerns. The first one is regarding his three-point shooting. He's only a career 27% three-point shooter. He's only taken 124 threes the last three years, which is 40 per year. So that sample size is tiny. Um, Scotty Pippen Jr. took 411. So that's something to watch. I agree it's a potential concern. Judging from his tape, the mechanics aren't a concern. It's really about him getting decent looks and kind of 
being in a better offensive situation. And then the second concern that I've seen is regarding his size, 5'11", 170. And obviously we know Trey Thomas, similar size, but Manion's got some bulk on Trey Thomas. Manion can play through contact a lot better than Trey Thomas can. And they're very different players, and so they shouldn't be compared. And then you think about some of the smaller guards that have really excelled in the SEC recently. I mean, Severe Wheeler for Georgia and now Kentucky the last um, three years, two years. Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington's a little bigger, but he's still small. Zakai Ziegler this year for Kentucky, or for Tennessee. And then you think about going back a couple years, Jared Harper, all SEC guard for Auburn. So I wouldn't get caught up on the size thing is what I would advise Vanderbilt fans. Yeah, I also think... Liam Robbins um, maybe being even more healthy and even more of a defensive oh, yeah. presence will really help that, uh, you know, defensive, I, if you even want to call a liability, maybe he could focus less on, you know, let him let him go into the paint and challenge Liam Robbins if, if you need to. Right. Um, but I also think there'll definitely be an adjustment period coming to the SEC and the size that, uh, you know, is present here. And I think Manon, if he ends up being the starter, he's going to be, I, I see, think, he will be handling the ball. I think. I would guess. Yeah. I think Lawrence. He's just not. He's not a natural point guard. Lawrence, to me, is is more of just kind of a shooter. Gets your rebounds really solid defensively. And I think the last five games and the way he played in the SEC tournament and the NIT tournament really showed Vanderbilt Nation what they missed out on on his freshman year and what they missed out on, on the beginning of his sophomore year. And then I'm really excited for this freshman class. I think Lee Dort and Noah Shelby are gonna make immediate impacts yeah and i'll also say about tyron lawrence that he actually was he does have some experience with ball handling um back in my feature i think it was at sunrise in like kansas mm-hmm. he actually became uh the primary ball handler there so i know that is not the same thing in college and he obviously wasn't really used in that way and you know you missed it out a lot um when we had uh, you know injuries to chapman this year but I do think there is a situation in, in which, you know, Lawrence looks to improve on ball handling and shooting. And if you see him take a big step forward there, I mean, I think we all agree that we saw some really promising things at times. He's super athletic, um, really good around the rim. And, yeah, I, I definitely think he's getting familiar in Stack's system too. So I think the thing about Lawrence is this offseason, Jerry Stackhouse has got to have a plan for Lawrence. And, and if it is a ball handling role, then you tailor that to his offseason work. Yeah. If it is a wing... It's all shoot. It's all about shooting. Let's jump to. And he's healthy too. So, sorry, just the, yeah, just no, the true. First off season on West End, healthy. Yeah, true. Last season he was just getting back towards the end of or towards like the beginning of the preseason there. Yeah. Exactly. So let's move on to this other commitment because this one um, really has me a, a little confused. I think Vanderbilt takes Paul Lewis, um, a guard from the D.C. area, Arlington area, and I was surprised that they took another freshman in this class. He was formerly committed to Maryland, so was on some high-profile radars, but decommitted from Maryland. Not sure if that was because of a coaching change or if because maybe they didn't want end up wanting him uh, in the class. And so curious to see what you guys think about this, but I don't get the merits of taking another freshman as opposed to going in the transfer portal, which, by the way, still has like 900 or more people in it. Mm-hmm. So I really would have liked them to go get some more experience. Yeah, I mean... It's you know a big year for Stackhouse, so this will obviously be one of the moves that defines whether how um, you know Vanderbilt fans look on this season. I think if he has decided that um, he had already determined the lineup that he wanted, and this transfer was going to be, I mean, a, a bench body or you know a, a 
I guess, someone to, you know, develop for two years. He'd rather have someone to develop for four years. And I can't argue with that, but I also would question that you can't find someone who could be an immediate contributor considering the injuries that we've had in recent years and, you know, the, the maybe lack of current ball handling or, you know, three point shooting that we could turn upon. I mean, this has been constant issues in the stack house era. And like you said, I'm not sure this specifically addresses that. Yeah. And it's confusing for me because, well, you think about who left, you think about Dizoni and man and Frank and Pippen, you, you don't really need another guard. I know like last year, Vanderbilt had Gabe Dorsey. He hasn't really done much, but like we're talking about, why not get a forward? I don't really understand it. Um, I think it's really good to add more talent, but there isn't a lot of depth depth at the four and five, and that's what I'm worried about for next season. Because Robbins, we as we know, is not the healthiest player, and what what happens when he goes down? Because there's not a Jermaine Man or, or Frank anymore, and and I know there's gonna be young guys, um, like like a Lee Dort, and I think that's gonna be really exciting. But I just I, I'm a little worried about the front court depth. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Vanderbilt's offense shifts this year because it's gonna be a very different look. Not right. only because of Scottie Pippen, but also because of the presence. I mean, I don't think anyone expected that kind of year from QMB this past year, and obviously Robbins got injured pretty quickly. So I'm wondering now, is it going to be a team where we're almost like running through the centers and he's not expecting the same kind of contributions from a guard? Um, or is it going to be similar to what we've seen in the past? Sec- I mean, like this is a big year in terms of it's a shift in the roster. It's going to be a complete shift in tactics. The, the team is not the same blueprint at all. Right. So I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know what this addresses exactly um, with your last uh, scholarship spot, but maybe it was also who he felt he, he could get at this time. I don't know exactly how the time was all working. Maybe he didn't think he had enough time to uh, do his full homework on another player. And he felt good about, um, about Paul Lewis, but, well, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see and especially uh, hear about the results that they have uh, coming in from Europe because they're going to take a trip there this summer. Yeah, which is pretty cool, and we'll touch on that in a second. But I, look, they I think they have all the front court depth in the world. I mean, you have Liam Robbins, QMB, and Lee Dort. That's three serious like forward center guys. Then you have Miles Studi and Jordan Wright back. That's fair. I don't I don't think of those guys as like centers though. But I guess yeah, they are. Players. I mean, they are. So like. You got five guys who should be competing for rotation spots at the four, five, and three area. You absolutely needed to bring in another guard, but this Paul Lewis situation, and look, if he's great, it's water under the bridge and it is what it is. But what we've seen from Stackhouse the last couple years is he took Oton Jankovic his first year, transferred out after one year, didn't really play. Akeem Odusipe took his first year and transferred out, didn't really play. Those guys were both ranked similarly based on recruiting rankings as this as Paul Lewis. So could be a great player, could really work out just on paper. I, I don't really see the merits of it right now. But everyone's going to get a chance to uh, hear a little bit about this team in August because they're going to travel to Europe August 6th to 15th to play some exhibition um, and practice a bit. And I think this is awesome, especially because you do have those five new freshman faces and they're going to get a chance to play alongside guys like Robbins, QMB, Jordan Wright's duty, all those guys we mentioned. And um, I think that's really cool. So basketball yeah. season, it's, it's far out, but it's uh, interesting. I'll also say it makes such a difference to go somewhere. And I think somewhere like 
further away, um, I don't think these guys are immune to kind of like if they're on campus, it's a completely different feel if they're, you know, traveling together. This is a great bonding experience, especially for a team that, you know, I'd say has a lot of incoming freshmen, but also has a lot of cohesion in the base that's already there. So in in integrating them and having them actually try out and and be in stack system for the first time in Europe in the kind of low pressure environment is is a super great idea and i love that for them and this is what happens when you go on uh, long runs into the nit you get opportunities like these and that's really amazing a lot of these guys have um, a lot of these guys haven't been to europe it's an amazing opportunity you get to sightsee see see the best sites in the world and do it with your best friends and your teammates while also playing basketball and taking classes it's really the best of both worlds and i think it'll be a good recharge for these guys right before they get into uh, the thick of preseason. Absolutely. The women's team also picked up a couple couple transfers, and we're diving into some research on them also. Stay tuned to the website. We'll have kind of a wrap-up of where the men's and women's basketball rosters currently stand. We'll have that on our website hopefully tomorrow or Friday. But it is still baseball season, believe it or not, even though the Vandy Boys... Beautiful spring day today. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. And the Vandy Boys have been on the back burner for us here at The Hustler the last couple days just because of everything that's going on. But... Vanderbilt took a big series from Florida this past weekend, two to one. Florida came in ranked, um, and Vanderbilt had a couple comeback victories, some great hitting from Jack Bolger, a walk off on Friday. I mean, some good momentum heading into this weekend series with Kentucky. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing to have the focus taken off them. The focus was spotlight yeah. was on them. That's a good point. They had lost some series, and you know what? Business back to usual. I think everyone on West End is pretty used to kind of just being like, "Oh, the Vandy boys won another series." That's just how it goes. And I don't think that's a bad thing to to go back to what feels like hopefully more regular for them, and to do it in not like not safe fashion. I guess you sometimes you ask yourself, "Would you rather win?" You know. 20, 20 to nothing or would you rather have that kind of team building experience of a walk off and come back and we're never out of it you know that builds some team rapport so I don't know which one it is but I don't know which one I'd rather um, but they they got some important wins and even on Sunday which they lost in the 10th inning um, Jack Bolger huge confidence booster home run in the bottom of the ninth so some promising stuff uh, and they carried it over into the midweek with a 7 nothing victory. Futrell picks up another win. Uh, but now they go away and uh, and look to stop their away losing streak. An exciting thing to see was a uh, legendary head coach, New England head coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bill Belichick celebrates his 70th birthday watching the Vandy boys. And when there's a slump and people might say, they might not be playing well enough, but still good enough for Bill Belichick to spend his seventieth birthday. Little magic in touch, maybe. And then, yeah, that that was awesome to watch. And also, Nick Maldonado returning huge for Vanderbilt. Uh, one inning pitch, two hits, and two runs on Saturday. But I think it's good just him getting those reps. And let's just talk. I think Patrick Riley getting the nod on Friday. I don't think he had gotten a weekend Friday start. Yet. Well, he didn't start. He he or came like, in relief. Right, but. He st- he still played very solid. He was really good, and, yeah. And he had a good showing. And I think it's good for the morale to have uh, a weekend win under their belt after the long slump. And also, I'll say about Maldonado, it's it's super exciting um, seeing him pitch. And I, but I do want to say that I don't, you know, that that home run was tough, but it was also to a guy who I think had three home runs that day. 
So, <laughs> so it's not, not a huge knock. He, he looked like he was controlling, he had some velocity, he was controlling the ball well. And like you said, uh, they're going to need him if they're going to make uh, a run into the postseason way down the line. And I think what we're starting to see from this pitching staff is they have a lot of arms. I mean, Pat, Thomas Schultz was excellent this weekend, and I've, yeah. I've voiced my concern of Thomas Schultz on this show. I, I've never seen anything special from him. He was excellent and, and really huge, especially on Friday. Andrew, you mentioned Patrick Riley. He was great. Um, Nick Maldonado was good. Grayson Moore and Christian Little were Donye Evans was also. Donye Evans was really good. All these guys are really, really chipping in. And so when you add Nick Maldonado back into the fold, not only do you get yourself another arm, but you get yourself a potentially starting arm, considering Riley probably has pitched better out of that um, out of that bullpen role. So interested to see what they do as far as starts this weekend. Even Carter Holton's been banged up a little bit um, in terms of his starts. I think he gave up, what, four runs on Saturday? Yeah. Um, again, that's a victim of... Um BT Rio Rio Pelli I'm Rio Pel. It's a good hitting change. It's a good hitting change. Hitting that, you know, messing that up. But uh, he kind of got a little victimized. Couple couple home runs hit off him there. But as a whole, uh, a relatively strong performance. I think he's just it's just freshman uh, lapses in concentration. To be honest, we've seen it in like one inning, just right. again and again this season. We yeah. just said uh, you know that first inning, that fifth inning, and I think it's just a matter of. Uh, Focusing for all 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 four five six innings that he's in there and I think it's just gonna get harder for him I mean, this is a longer season than he's ever played and it's only gonna get harder to keep that focus and keep your arm fresh And I think Corbs has to be really aware of that. Maybe you give him a weekend series off Maybe you give him a, a midweek series yeah. and, and put Futrell on the outside I'm not saying he should stay there, but I think it'd be good experience for Futrell and I think it would give a little relief to Holton if if you know those guys are both going to stay mentally ready to switch back. Yeah, I agree. And I think it'll be interesting this weekend to see what pitching staff he goes with, but headed to Kentucky, Kentucky's 5 and 10 in the SEC. They're coming off two losses to Missouri, who Vanderbilt already swept earlier in the year. I just feel like they need a sweep here. I, Kentucky's not playing great baseball and um, the Commodores need to see a bunch of runs and, and take care of business because that's all that they should be doing against a team like uh, like Kentucky. And, and capitalizing on those opportunities, I think we talked about last week how we need to see more stolen bases to, to win series and stuff like that. You think about uh, a lot of stolen bases last week, a lot of just good disciplined play. I think that's what will, will happen against Kentucky, and this is the best opportunity to have a weekend sweep. Um, I think that Vanderbilt might have this season the rest of the year for, so. for, an, for an SEC uh, series Yeah, and it's also a chance for guys to really I mean obviously get the offense back in gear And especially I think of guys like Davis Diaz and uh, Dominic Keegan making sure they're getting in the getting into a rhythm and getting uh, Seeing the ball well Enrique Bradfield jr. Had a great game on Saturday when I was there But uh, I think even he at times yeah, which is big to see because yeah. he hasn't been he hasn't been his last year self. So no, far. he hasn't. But he looked like it on Saturday. And obviously fielding hasn't been the problem. So no. it's really just seeing the ball well. And I think he's starting to do that. And he has a chance to to continue that. And so a lot of these guys who have had, you know, not sustained, like unsustained success or um, or just no success this year, it's a chance for them to get back in the stretch and for guys like Bulger to, and Spencer Jones to keep up what they've been doing recently. Absolutely. Well, that caps a, a busy show, one of our longer ones, but we appreciate you guys listening. And 
for me, I'll be back for one more show next week, and then that'll be it. My t- tenure is coming to a close, but these guys will have you covered alongside um, our next sports editor, Bryce Smith, um, the rest of the way, and we're excited to do that. But thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the baseball action this week, and we will talk to you soon.